Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. guys, it is just me today because I want to talk about a very personal topic, which is one that all moms face, which is that feeling of being a failure as a mom. And what does it mean to fail our kids? What does it mean to be a failure? And this could get heavy real quick. <laughs> so I'm going to start it out with a light story, which is about a story about a, a time that really felt like it was a failure on the surface, but ended up not being. And the reason we're talking about this today is because, man, with the current pandemic, there are so many opportunities to feel like we're not doing things right. People doing distance learning and people trying to juggle work and home life and taking care of your kids and also taking care of yourself. And it can feel like you are doing a lot of things, but none of them well. So I want to hone in on what really, really matters. So I was tempted to feel like a total failure the other day. I took my kids to Target, which is a very exciting moment in our lives these days. They don't get to go many places. And we're in Target and my kids love Target. They think it's the best place on the face of the earth. And honestly, I don't know that I disagree much. But my youngest daughter, I mean, she was talking to the sales clerk there in the toy aisle and goes, I love Target. Target's my favorite place. It's actually, I think, the best place on earth. And the lady goes, you must not have ever been to Disneyland, sweetie. And she goes, oh, no, I've been to Disneyland and Target is way, way better. (laughs) So, So there's my little one. We're in Target. It's me, her older sister, and and little Maria, and we're there. And I told the kids, because I needed to go there to get a whole host of things. I needed floor cleaner, and I needed dog food, and I needed some extra sheets because some of them got torn. And so we went. We decided we're going to go. And we're there, and I told them, okay, if you come with me, you guys can each get one small item up to $5 in the toy aisle when we're there. And we'd had some chores they'd had to do and things they needed to complete at home in order to earn it. So we're there and we're in the toy aisle and my older daughter, McKenna, she really quickly scans everything, looks at the Barbies, looks at the Legos, checks out all of the games for kids and decides very, very quickly that she actually wants a book of little Mad Libs and that is going to fit her fancy just perfectly. And so she goes and she picks that out and she carefully puts it into the cart and she asks me exactly how much it is and is this okay? And you know, it was actually $5.99, not $5, but she doesn't know that. And so I said, yeah, sure, great, awesome. Throw it in there. And then my younger daughter, she's taking her sweet time and she's younger, right? She's only four. So she's walking around and she's trying to find toys and she goes, can I have this one? And it's like a full-on pink ride-on Jeep that you could ride to the store. I'm like, no, that's 
$250, darling. No, you may not have that. And then she goes, well, how about this other thing? And it is a Jasmine princess costume with tiara and the shoes to match and earrings to match and all this bling. It's like, no, that's actually $69. And I can see her little mind. She's getting more and more frustrated. She's getting more and more irritated with me as I tell her, no, no, no. So I start to try to point out toys she actually could have. Here is a little tiny Hatchimal that you are welcome to have if you like that. Here is a little mini Lego set that you could have. Here is a bouncy ball that you could have. Here is a small book that you could have if you wanted it. And she has two things that she finds that are within the price range that I told her would be okay. Finally, we narrow it down to the two. And then I tell her, well, you can have one of those things, but not both. And you guys, she lost her mind. She started screaming. She started yelling. She threw herself on the floor. She had a full-on tantrum. People were looking at me. People cleared the aisle. My older daughter is sitting there and goes, mom, this was a horrible idea. Why did you do this? This is, we should never come to Target again. And I held my ground because I told her she could only have one and I wanted to make sure that happened. And she kept on screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming. And I looked into her little eyes and I tried to do all of the Tina Payne Bryson tips and techniques of, I know you're really upset. You wanted this, but you could, one of these two things, but you could only have one and yada, yada, right? And she kept on being really upset. It went on literally for 15 minutes. I felt like I was losing the battle. And in the end, I said, Maria, you have to just be grateful that you even get one thing. Spoke to her more sternly than I wanted to. She decided she was going to get absolutely nothing. We left the store. She was in tears. I was in tears in the car. It felt like a total mom fail because I felt like she's four years old. Maybe I just set her up for failure by doing that. I definitely felt like I was in a hot panic when I left. McKenna, my older one, got upset because she actually ended up not being able to get her Mad Libs book because we had to exit the store so quickly. I had to buy it for her separately. So it just felt like, my gosh, like hand-to-face worst moment. And when I thought about it later, I thought, you know, yes, that is was a fail, kind of. I guess I could have set it up differently. There's a whole bunch of different things maybe I could have done. Maybe she should have eaten more before we left. Maybe I should have taken them separately. Maybe we should have not gone at all. Maybe I should have made it more clear. Maybe I should have not said we could get a toy in the first place. But in the end, you know, it taught them something. It taught my daughter something about when she gets to that place, she can't get what she wants, even if she gets upset like that. And it taught me something about how I was going to arrange things next time. And, you know, I learned from the experience. We all learned something and we moved on and no one was harmed and we did okay. And so I want to just encourage you that those are not actually huge mom film moments. Those are just life with little kids that happen. And especially now with the pandemic, there are going to be a lot of those moments where we try our best, we plan our best, we have really, really good intentions, and it still doesn't work out in a way that feels like 
everybody's happy in the end. And that is not your end goal, actually, for everybody to be happy in the end. (laughs) Yes, you want it to be as fair as possible. You want to be as consistent as possible. We don't want to unnecessarily cause strife and resentment within our kids, but it's going to happen that we will upset our children, that we will get upset in the course of parenting our kids. Hi, Mama. Guess what? Our book, The New Baby Blueprint, is out in the world. We're so excited because we know it's going to help change the new motherhood experience. The bump said, they say motherhood doesn't come with a manual, but the new baby blueprint comes pretty close. You can find it wherever books are sold or check it out at modernmommydoc.com forward slash book. Okay, so that was Target. Then... Two weeks later, I had another experience. My daughter, McKenna, she had been really, really working hard at her schoolwork. It's different, of course, than being at her normal elementary school where she would be with all of her friends. And she was telling me how hard a time she was having and that she was feeling really off. And I decided, okay, you know, I have one Friday off. I had a vacation day. This is going to be our special mommy-daughter day. I'm going to spend time with her. I'm going to make it special time. We're going to do kind of what she wants to do on this day. I'm going to build into her. I'm going to really make sure I'm not criticizing her using positive parenting. We're going to have a good time, eat the foods maybe that she wants to eat. I'm going to concentrate on her, turning off my email, turning off my phone. It's going to be all about us so that we build this relationship and that she feels like she gets some time that is really positive in the midst of a very, very difficult time for her, especially with her anxiety disorder. And so we did it and she was good for about three hours. And then she started to whine during the day. She's like, I don't like this. I am bored. You never do the things I want to do. You're a bad mom. (laughs) Then we picked her sister up from school. Her sister sometimes gets upset if she doesn't get everything that she wants, as I said about the Target story. So she started kind of causing a ruckus, which overwhelmed my older daughter, McKenna. She got very, very upset. And in the course of that, just with her sensory issues that she has and her anxiety and what I think had built up from the course of the week, she got mad and she threw her own tantrum. And she went into my bedroom and she slammed the door and... I just gave her a minute and she kept on yelling and she kept on screaming and I went in to check on her and to see what had happened and she had pulled a full-on drapery rod and the drapes off of my wall and they were the kind like they were like nice ones you know that I had spent time researching and finding and they're in the wall like into the plaster (laughs) and to replace them was gonna cost me some money to make it right in in the house and it was gonna take me probably like a month because I, I knew they were on back order even when I ordered them and it doesn't really matter that part but just more the fact that when I saw the holes in my wall and the drapery rod on the floor that I reacted to my daughter and I picked her up gently and took her to her room. So, you know, no, no, no harm there. But the thing I said to her was, I tried my absolute best on this and I was trying to give you everything you wanted and you are being so ungrateful. I don't even understand. Honestly, these tantrums are ruining my life. I said that to my sweet daughter who obviously had been having a hard time, which is why we had the special day in the first place. 
Okay, that felt like way more of a fail than the Target story because I felt like I did wrong to her as a mom by getting reactive and by not actually responding to her when something happened. Here's the deal, mama. Yes, I wish I had done things differently, but overall, does that make me a failure as a mom? Absolutely not. We all lose it with our kids sometimes. We all say things that we wish we didn't say. I am not giving anyone a free license to be verbally abusive or physically abusive or emotionally abusive to your children, but I know that if you're listening to this, that that is not your intention at all, and that sometimes, like me, you say or do things that later on you wish just had been different and were in the heat of the moment, and you wish your tone of voice had been different, or you wish that you had been more kind or more patient. Those things are not the things that make us failures. Here's what would have been a complete fail in that moment. If I had just let it be, if I had just puffed up with my pride and decided, oh, well, I did that wrong, better luck next time. Here's what I did. And I'm not saying this because I am the best mom out there. I'm saying this because it taught me a lesson. I gave myself a few minutes to calm down. And then I went back in and said, I'm sorry, can we have a do-over? I was so mad. And I said something that I wish I hadn't said. And I love you so much. And I think what happened is that I got really upset because I had been really trying to do something really kind for you and felt like it wasn't going the right way. And can I please have your forgiveness for talking to you in that way? And she, sweet girl that she is, threw her arms around me and said, mom, you try so hard every day. I hope someday I'm the kind of mom that you are. So that repair was the thing that mattered the most. So what would make you a failure as a mom? It's not you making mistakes here and there when it comes to judgment errors around Activities you do with your kids, things you sign them up for that end up not being the right thing, you not being able to get them on their Zoom call for school. It's not even you sometimes losing it in ways that are still safe and healthy for your child and for you. It would be if you never stop to think about repair and how big a deal that is for our kids, how it teaches them that when they make mistakes, there are opportunities to make it right that it's not the mistake that defines them. It's their ability to be able to come back from it and to make amends that helps them in the end. The other thing that we really do a disservice to ourselves and to our kids is not building in relational opportunities with them. And Tina Payne Bryson talks about this all the time. I don't regret still spending that time with her on that day. It still was important because even when she's not able to show up for me in like a perfect way, that does build our relationship over time. Those times that I've taken to say, we're just going to spend time together. We're just going to spend time doing special time. It might not pay off right that moment, but I know it will pay off in the end. The third thing that over time doesn't make us the best moms we can be is when we focus on ourselves above our kids. And this is, I don't mean that we 
don't prioritize ourselves because that actually is like super important. We have to take care of ourselves. We need time and space for ourselves. I mean, when we approach our parenting in a way that is all about how we appear to people outside of our families, outside of our relationship with our kids. So when I do things like roll my eyes at my daughter when I'm in the presence of someone else when she does something that embarrasses me, when I pick extracurricular activities because I hope that then she'll be able to keep up with the Joneses, we'll be able to keep up with the Joneses, that is not in her best interest or mine. That's not good parenting. Also, when I fail to explore the why or the how behind her actions, behind either of my kids' actions, I can't do it every single time. I don't do it every single time, but that's the intention that I have is that when my kids are having a struggle that I think about, is there a lagging skill that is making that happen? Or is there something going on environmentally that needs to change? Or is there something that I need to accept that will not change, but that I need to come to grips with? So this is about exploring the why and the how for our kids, what's going on for them, and the why and the how of what's going on for us. Do I need to talk to a friend? Do I need to talk to a therapist? Do I need to talk to my child's pediatrician, to my own physician about what's going on in the background that is making it so that these things are bubbling to the surface for me or that things seem to be bubbling to the surface for my child? Taking the time to think about the bigger picture, that is one of the most important things we can do for our kids. Fear-based parenting is the other thing that's really going to lead us astray in terms of our parenting endeavors. So when we are focused on behaviors that are happening for our kids in the short term, so wanting them to fall in line, do everything right, right in that moment, that makes sense. That is human nature to want everything to go right, right this second. I would challenge you to wonder about, is that about because I'm nervous that if they act out right now, that means they are going to be like horrible people when they are 45 years old? Because if that's true, we need to take a step back and think about long-term parenting. Like Dr. Ken Ginsberg says, who is it that I want to build into it? Like a really powerful, confident, competent, resilient 35-year-old. I don't want a perfect three-year-old or a perfect four-year-old. A, that'd be really boring. But B, that's not the point. I actually don't want a perfect 35-year-old kid down the road too. But I do want to focus more on my long-term goals than I do my short-term goals. And finally, the thing that leads us astray as moms in motherhood is when we don't take care of ourselves first. This is different than putting our appearance to others first, the way we show up for others, the way that, you know, that I look like I'm a good mom to other moms, that I have a Pinterest worthy, you know, Instagram, that my Halloween costumes look great, that their hair is coiffed perfectly, right? We don't need that. Honestly, that doesn't serve us well. It doesn't serve our kids well. But it does serve us so, so well when we decide that knowing ourselves, understanding what are the things that make us tick, what are the things that bring us joy, bring us peace, and also what we need for ourselves moment to moment, that pays off 100-fold. So I want to challenge you and encourage you to rethink your definition of failure and of success as a mom. Because I think it's very, very different than what 
the world tells us sometimes it can be. It's not about checking off boxes. It's not about how we appear to other people. It's not about being absolutely perfect in the moment with our kids. Every single time that we have missteps, it's definitely not about being with our kids every single moment of every single day. It's about being intentional about our long-term goals with our kids. It's about understanding who we are and who they are. It's about understanding our own needs, attuning to ourselves first, so that way we can attune to everybody else. And it's about so much grace. You guys, it is here. Our new programs have landed. They're at modernmommydoc.com. We're so excited about them because we've just been thinking about how could we provide more accessible, digestible information for mamas out there who really want to elevate their motherhood experience. And so we have four programs now at Modern Mommy Doc. The first is taking care of you and your newborn which is all about helping to prepare yourself or taking care of yourself and your baby in the first month of life. And then parenting in partnership, which is about how to work as a team with a co-parent to really make sure that you are on the same page and working strongly together and making the best possible environment for your kiddos to thrive. The third is the Mama Reset at home retreat, which is really cool. It is a collection of experts who are there to provide you with a chance to reconnect with yourself, to recenter, to think about what you want and your motherhood experience, but then also to give you some practical applications within the actual time we have together. So opportunities for journaling, for gentle movement, for learning all about nutrition, really hands-on practical applications, but then also a chance to have some mindfulness there in the moment. And then finally, navigating and regulating children's big emotions, which we know is a big one for mamas. We're all still working on that one. And so we are providing in that program a lot of extra help about how to take care of our own emotions as we parent, and then also how to meet kids where they are and use really evidence-based strategies to help our kids understand their emotions, to name their emotions, and then also when their emotions just get too big for them, how to help to calm their nervous systems and how to help them become the 35-year-olds that we hope that they will be. I hope you guys will join me. You can go to modernmommydoc.com for more information.